With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. E-S-N-Y. Yeah, we're going to do the intro right away. Lots to talk about today. Uh, this is episode 90 of the Bleacher Creatures Yankees podcast presented by Elite Sports New York, Crossing Broad, Warwick Gaming, and XL Media. As always, brought to you by Rivercrest NYC. And we're going to have one of those depressing starts to the podcast again. Mickey Calloway is a confirmed bad person. Um I mean, it's just, it's frustrating at this point. I mean, I, I guess in a way, I know it's, I know it's a bad thing because it's a very bad story, but in a way it's also a good thing because I feel like more women are feeling more comfortable coming out with these stories and really holding these men accountable for their actions um, in the sports landscape. So in that way, it's a good thing, but it's also a terrible thing that so many I mean, I don't want to say so many men because it's not all men, but we've seen some pretty horrific circumstances surrounding all this. So not great. Not great. Yeah. And honestly, at this point, I have to imagine that Mickey Calloway is not going to be the last domino to fall in this story. No way. Uh, obviously, this started a couple of weeks ago when we discussed the Jared Porter incident. And in a way, I kind of think this Mickey Calloway thing is a million times worse. There's, uh, I know we have to assume that Porter was doing this to other women because that's just the kind of creep status that he's attained. But you know, we only heard about the one woman and there was never any mention in the texts that like, Hey, if you do this, I will give you information. I will help you at your job with this story from Mickey Calloway, the former Mets manager. And this spans three teams and has been called the worst secret in baseball, which is infuriating that he was promising these female reporters information for explicit photos and and trying to get them to go out for coffee and drinks and uh, as ken rosenthal put it late night rendezvous and it's just you know the porter thing is is one abuse of power and then this mickey calloway thing it's just it's so blatantly obvious that he was trying to use his position as cleveland's pitching coach as the Mets manager, as the Angels pitching coach. He's trying to use these positions to take advantage of female reporters. And I have to imagine that the Porter incident kind of led to this coming out. Um, who knows if these women would have continued to fear the backlash that that was rightful to fear. I mean, you think about it in terms of in the MLB clubhouse, if you're the person who's known for outing a manager as being this huge creep, I mean, how how likely are you to get new sources? How likely are executives 
to reach out to you to say, Hey, I have this information that I want to get out there. I'd like to give it to you because you seem like a very trustworthy person, in which case they obviously are. They obviously are very trustworthy people, but there is this, this fear that if they come out with this and if they expose this, then you're going to look back and say, well, maybe I'm not going to get the same opportunities that I used to get now because people are going to be looking at me differently because of this incident. And it's, it's, it's a cultural failure that this was allowed to happen, that this spanned three different teams that, that Cleveland didn't know about it and the Mets didn't know about it and the Angels didn't know about it. I don't believe that at all. If, if this is being called the worst kept secret in baseball, there is absolutely no chance that in the hiring process, not one person spoke to somebody and at the team and said, hey, you have to watch out for this. I mean, we had all these reporters saying people warned me about Mickey Calloway and about the way he acts. So everybody knew about this and he still gets hired after Cleveland. He gets the Mets manager job. After the Mets, he gets the Angels pitching coach job. And this just never came up. I mean, I, I'm like, I'm losing track of the point I'm trying to make because it's just, it's, it's just so frustrating that we have to do this again, two weeks later. It, I, don't, I don't know. It's I mean, so honestly, I think the other thing too, first of all, that they did right again in releasing the story is they didn't release these women's names and they really didn't yes. give any clues towards who it was. Um, the other thing about it too is what makes this situation so much worse is not only the fact that this has been going on for a while within three different organizations, but there were explicit, specific examples of just horrific behavior. And it's like, if you knew about that behavior going on with one of your coworkers or, because essentially rep female reporters are still coworkers on in that baseball group in general. If you knew something like that was going on with your coworkers and you sat there and let it happen, that's also on you. That cannot, like, we have to be better. Everyone has to be better at calling out these situations when they happen so that this does not happen. When five years later, all of a sudden we're like, oh yeah, by the way, this happened for five years and I've been scared for five years. It's just not fair and it is, terrible and it was sickening to wake up and and read that story I, mm. absolutely and i think i think the thing this in these instances with porter and callaway specifically is that the culture of baseball is one that women female reporters women working in the media um they don't feel comfortable enough to reveal sexual harassment they don't feel like they have an outlet uh they don't have any resources to go somewhere and say hey this is happening to me and i really need this to stop because they fear the ramifications for their career i mean this is a very very difficult industry to get into you and i can attest to that this is a very difficult industry to work in it's even more difficult as a woman to work in in baseball or sports media in general and to have this to have this fear that if you expose this person of power for repeated sexual harassment, that you might lose your job, you might lose information. It's just, it's, it's really, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to fix it. I really, I don't know how to fix it, but there has to be some kind of system where, where we can do something about this ahead of time. When this happens, there needs to be some kind of resource that you can you can go to someone with the organization and say, hey, like 
this needs to stop. This, this is completely unacceptable. The manager of this team is offering me information basically to fuck him. And it's just, I don't, I don't know where to go. I don't know where to go from here. Right. And you know, the other thing too, thinking about it is, I mean, kind of like what I mentioned earlier, I think the only way that this is to stop is for people to actually be punished for these actions and not just like, oh, you know, you can't have this job anymore because God forbid they get another job two years later. Because no, This is a criminal offense. This needs to be right, criminally exactly. prosecuted. There, there has to be, there has to be severe punishment and there has to be that recognition that, listen, this is not okay. Like, sure, it's maybe what's happened before, but that does not mean that it can happen now. So for everyone who's experienced that before, I am sorry. I'm so sorry. Who's ever experienced that before and has not said anything, we understand you and we're on your side and understand why it's so hard to come out with this news. But hopefully with all these women coming out now and describing their their situations and their circumstances and what they've been through, hopefully that gives um, more power to women to realize that they deserve to be treated better, especially in the sports media field. Well, anywhere in general, but specifically now in the sports media field. Absolutely. And I think the last thing that I just wanted to note on this, uh, Callaway has been suspended by the angels. I know everyone, including myself, were kind of up in arms earlier uh, that he wasn't fired immediately. I just want to make it clear for anyone listening that there are protections in place that prevent Callaway from being fired without a full investigation. I assume that investigation is going to move pretty quickly because, I mean, we have the texts. What more <laughs> do you need to see? Um, right. The one in in particular that was referenced in the athletic article was him telling a female reporter that it's better to sleep naked. And I don't I don't understand how you could read that text and not absolutely fire this man at the conclusion of the investigation. I expect him to be fired. Um, I don't really expect much to happen after that. Uh, I hope that he's criminally prosecuted for this for this behavior. Um but I mean, at the end of the day, Mickey Calloway is going to be fired. And um, it's just, it's going to take a little bit of time. It's a little frustrating that he's not fired today. It's going to take a little bit of time, but this is coming. And I would highly doubt that he works in baseball again. I think that would be the ultimate cultural test for baseball. Where it, I mean, it's one thing that you have, you know, AJ Hinch got caught cheating with the Astros. And a year later after his suspension, he gets a job with the Detroit Tigers. That's one thing. This is a complete failure of character. And if Mickey Calloway is allowed to coach Major League Baseball again, that is a complete failure on the league. Absolutely. I agree. And so sad that we have to start another podcast off with super depressing news, but you know, the, these are the types of things that need to be talked about. I mean, it's it's not giving power to uh, to the names of the people that did this. It's more so recognizing that these women are coming out and sharing their stories. So, absolutely, and it's it's a tough it's a tough conversation, but it's an important one. Um, you know, I've thought a lot today about how we we're going to cover this and what covering this would even mean for us. 
-hmm. And I think just having support for these women, just showing, you know, putting up a, a video recording of us voicing our support for these women. It's just something that from the ground up, if, if everybody can, you know, vocalize this and show their support and, and get behind these women for speaking out against this predator of a, of a major league manager, then that goes a long way in changing the culture around coming out with these allegations, the way I'm sure the Porter allegations had a lot to do with the Callaway allegations coming out that people saw, okay, there is going to be support for this. Uh, if I'm identified, you know, I, I, you don't want to be identified and they didn't identify this woman who was, um, who was targeted by Porter. So there's a little bit more confidence in that I can get this out there. I can make sure that this person is punished for their actions and I don't have to take the, the career hit that I was afraid of because I can do this anonymously. Right. Right. So we're just here to support. It's all we can do right now. So all we can and just do. not be shitty people. I mean, it's, it's really not a, a difficult concept to grasp. And uh, I mean, we said it with Porter, it's 63 unanswered text messages. Like, dude, mm-hmm. let it, let it go, man. Just let it go. This is not, this one's not right. in the bag. It's just, and you just have, I, I never understand it. Never understand it. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. So we, we got, we got the bad stuff out of the way. We got the bad stuff that's out there. Um, Along Yankees news, we don't really have much to talk about. We are just a couple weeks from spring training officially starting. Brett Gardner has not signed yet, but I'm sure that's coming in just a few days. As soon as they lock down the reliever, it's coming. It's coming. They just they still need that that one more reliever that they're saying. All right, like our bullpen is set. We got Darren O'Day. We got maybe Shane Green. Maybe. Who knows? And then, you know, we still got $4 million left over. All right. Time to hammer down Brett's contract. That's, that's the situation we're heading towards with Brett Gardner. Okay. Okay. I guess I accept it. We'll get there. I promise. I know you don't want to lose Brett Gardner yet. No, of course not. I'm not ready for him to go. Like I am not ready to see my last guardy party video and be like, that was my last guardy party video. Except I will tell you when he comes back in old timers day and hits a bomb, I will bring them back. Oh, he is absolutely going to hit a bomb in Old Timers Day. He's going to be like, what was it, Phil Hughes last year? Got an invitation to Old Timers Day, and he's like 34. Oh, he was so mad about that. (laughs) That's going to be Garter. He's going to be 39 years old playing in Old Timers Day. No, you know what? He's going to hit an inside-the-park home run. Oh, that would be so mean. Come on, you can't make Reggie Jackson be out there in right field trying to sprint after a ball. That's so rude. That's Mr. October, man. Yeah, but it's Brett Gardner, so let him do what he wants. Let him do what he wants. And also, in the same vein as Brett Gardner, we also heard this week that Dustin Pedroia is officially retiring. And now that he's officially retired, we can look back and appreciate him for the incredible player that he was. Uh, The grit and grind, kind of short, and just a great player, very much like Gardy. And now that he's no longer playing against us, we can appreciate how good he was on the field. Man, I got to tell you, though, I am not sad to see him go, but I will gladly give him a round of applause. Not because, you know, not because I hate him, but because like, damn, 
he was a really good player. I he's mean, one he of those players two, you just hate. You hate respect. He like he led the Red Sox to three World Series, and he batted two ninety nine for his career, and he was just a pain in the ass. So you know what, Dustin Pedroia, congratulations on your retirement. I would say I hate to see you go, but I don't. Yeah, that, I that he's one of those players that you just. The, the respect is always there, but because he plays for your rivals teams, that respect is hatred. And it's like, it's like David Ortiz. It's like uh, Manny Ramirez. It's just these players are the bane of your existence while they're still out there. And the day they retire, you're like, all right, I can look back now and appreciate what an incredible career this person right. had. You just have to hold on rivals. to that rage before. Hold on to it. And the second they retire, then you can let it all go and it's just a huge weight off your shoulders it's like one less player to hate out there so now you can focus on the other players that you should hate like randy and rosarina or like Bo bichette you know players like that so now i have room in my heart for a little bit more hate absolutely we're going to spread that hate around we're going to get uh, all over the division we're going to get plenty of hate going um it's going to be tough to hate a rosarina honestly <laughs> he's just I so much him. fun i know <laughs> And Bo Bichette, they're just, I know we just have to hate them, but they're also just like such fun players that it's just, I, I mean, I really kind of want to watch this guy hit, but also like he plays in the same division as my team. So if he could strike out every time, that would be awesome. Right. Exactly. So yeah, I guess we'll have to, we'll have to see who we hate this year. It's just like yeah. you play the hating game every year. You really don't know who you're going to hate until midway through the season. And then you're like, I was, I can't really think of anyone right now that especially on the Red Sox and that like, file and just like you get that weird like taste in your mouth that sounds weird i know but like that's how you know you hate someone you're like oh my god i feel like i'm gonna puke this is it this is hate this is it this is it uh g-man Choi, the former yankee who just destroys garrett cole i just love him i just i i hate i hate that he only hits off garrett cole it makes no sense there's just there's always those matchups that a pitcher just has one guy in the league. It doesn't matter how good that player is. He could be a utility player, a role player, or the mm-hmm. star of the team. There's always just one player. It's just, man, I cannot get this motherfucker out. Hey, listen, and it's always the ones you least expect. So, mm. very yeah. true. Yeah, and uh, I mean, what are you gonna do? We're gonna see G Man Choi more next year. Uh, speaking of the Rays, they just brought Chris Archer back, which is, I mean. I have I have never liked Chris Archer. I'm sure he's he's a nice guy, but just as a pitcher, I've never really liked him. Everyone says he has all this great stuff, and it's just the numbers just have never been there. I like him character wise. I feel like he is a good character. He is funny. Um, I was at a spring training game against the. It wasn't the Yankees. They weren't playing, but whoever it was was playing against the Blue Jays when. Um, Archer Blue Jays. Was it Blue Jays? Pirates. No. Pirates. Or the Rays. All the way the back race. to the Rays. It was the Rays. Yeah, the Rays were playing. And um, he literally, you know, everyone started cheering for the other team because they were announcing the lineup. And he's walking past and he's giving everyone the middle finger. <laughs> I was like, okay, Chris, I see you. I see That's you. Funny. Like, he's, I'm sure he's an awesome guy. I've just never, like, the Yankees fans wanted him so badly like two mm-hmm. years ago when he first got traded to Pittsburgh we we're like, Oh, like maybe we can get Chris Archer from Pittsburgh. I don't know why everyone thinks Pittsburgh is basically our, our farm system for pitching. We wanted Garrett Cole from them. We wanted Jameson Tyone from them. We wanted Joe Musgrove from them. 
We wanted Chris Archer from them. We just wanted all of the Pirates pitching. But <laughs> I was so happy when we did not get him. I felt like it was getting kind of close. I was so happy, though. He would not hold up in the Bronx. Once once you see past so. the good stuff and you start to see the actual numbers, whoo, buddy. <laughs> It's ugly. Yeah, I agree with that. But honestly, I feel like Yankees fans just see Pittsburgh as their kind of their feeding ground, you know, just because there has been success from people that have come from the Pirates. Um, And it's just one of those things where they're like, okay, they're underrated. We can get them for a cheap price and then we can turn them into machines. That's what we do. That's what we do. We turn people into machines. Yeah. So I am. Looking around the division, I mean, we don't really have a lot of Yankees news to talk about this week. I think the biggest thing on my mind is Clint Frazier has a source on The Bachelor, which is we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, but looking around the American League East, and I guess the American League in general, I don't think there's a lot of good teams that can kind of compete with the Yankees. The Rays losing Charlie Morton and Blake Snell and adding Chris Archer. Like that's it's not going to work for them. That's not going to work. I would be shocked if the Rays were better than us next year. The oh, Blue yeah. Jays, mm-hmm. they have three, three of their best pitchers are all lefties and we have only righties in the lineup. I'm not worried about the Blue Jays. Uh, Boston stinks. Nothing to say there. And the Orioles are still paying Chris Davis a million dollars a year. Or I should say a billion. It's way more than one million. But yeah, for exaggeration much. purposes, they're still paying him a lot of money a year. So I'm not worried about them either. So I kind of think it's going to be a cakewalk to the division, honestly. Well, hey, fingers crossed. I don't know. I, I just have a bad feeling about I have a bad feeling about the uh, about the Blue Jays there. The, they're definitely going to be pesky. They're not. You know, their offense is really good. I'm just not really I'm not in love with their pitching staff. I'm not in love with their bullpen. And if you're going to get into a bare knuckle brawl with the Yankees on offense, the Yankees are going to win that matchup a hundred times out of a hundred. There's just, there's no, there's no competing with the offense. It's just, first of all, health, everyone has to stay healthy. And second of all, can our pitchers prevent runs? And I think we're going to have a pretty good chance of doing that this year. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely the number one key. Can our offense hit and can our pitchers not give up runs? Yes, that's I, I mean, put me in the that's GM baseball, role. That's friend. that's I mean, the plan. I feel like everyone should be following that plan. Prevent runs and hit home runs. I mean, that's just that's baseball 101 right there. I mean, I should be planning strategy for some MLB team, maybe the Red Sox. I maybe don't know. The Red Sox. Very possible. Just a deep plant spy. I could do that. I think I could. Yeah. The Red Sox. Yeah. I don't think the Red Sox are even going to be pesky this year. I mean, Chris Sale may be coming back later. And Nathan Avaldi, I'm not really that worried about. Uh, JD Martinez has never wanted to play baseball less. I, I've never seen anybody less interested in playing baseball right, than JD yeah. Martinez right now. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Then. We'll see. We'll see. I just always get nerves before the beginning of the season until I can actually physically watch them in spring training and just say, okay, I have confidence now. Yeah, know, that's, that's big. I'm really that. looking forward to the, uh, the reporter videos of pitchers and catchers where they have to stick their phone underneath the, the small gate. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm really looking forward to those videos, hearing the pop of the glove again. Um, hopefully getting through all of spring, not worrying about Jamison Tyone's health and not worrying about Corey Kluber's health 
and just just getting through it. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, I'm really high on this year. Max went into a, a deep dive on Montgomery. Uh, even last year with his ERA sky high, he had sub four peripherals. So I think Jordan Ooh. Montgomery is going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, I don't think he's going to work deep into games like an ace, but I think I have five innings, two runs. I think that's more than in his wheelhouse. I would agree. And actually, Tyon has uh, posted a couple of videos on his Instagram as well as his Twitter account uh, showing off his repertoire. And I'm like doing the villain thing in the movie is like just rubbing my hands together. I'm like, ooh, this is good. Just this breaking good out stuff. the evil laugh. This is good stuff. So I'm excited. Um, and I know we didn't talk about this and who does want to talk about it? Not me. But Masahiro Tanaka has decided to return to Japan. Um, and he is going to be spending at least, I think it's two years. Was it a two-year deal? I think it's two years, but there's an opt-out. So he can come yeah. back next year if he wants. And who knows? I'm, I'm glad to see him go, honestly. Uh, I didn't want him to leave the Yankees, but I'm glad to see him leave MLB because I would not want to hit against right. Masa. We love Masa. We don't want any Masa slander ever. Um, but I mean, he is just, he's going to go back to Japan and, and be the face of baseball for the NPB. And I'm really excited for him to have that opportunity. I think that's going to be awesome. Uh, it's, it kind of goes understated how important it probably is for him to be home in his home country. You know, it's, we don't really, well, we don't really think about that. Well, remember when, um, when he was here for spring training, even like earlier in the year, when spring training got canceled, he ended up going back home due to issues that he was finding in the United States. So I can't even imagine how grateful he is to be playing in front of his home crowd, the place that literally worshipped him. I mean, he went 24-0 in the regular season. And he's a superstar. He's just... He is their LeBron James. I mean, that's the only way to put it, really. For real, so, I don't. Mike Trout doesn't even compare. Like, he's not the Mike Trout of of the Japanese baseball league. He's like, he's like if you took Babe Ruth and put him in a Sunday morning beer league. That's basically how Masahiro Tanaka is viewed in Japan. You have Sunday morning beer leagues. Oh yeah. Oh, I played Sunday in Sunday morning, morning beer league for like two years. It was the worst. I was a bartender at that time too. So I'd morning. get off work at, yes, Sunday morning. You get off work at like two o'clock in the morning and then, you know, 8 a.m. I'm driving out to the field, getting ready to face, I don't know, some, most days it was like 80 mile per hour pitching. But occasionally we'd get a, a former indie ball guy or a former college guy who was just starting gassing 90 miles per hour. And I just didn't have a prayer in the world of hitting it. It was the very last place I wanted to be after working until two o'clock in the morning. Interesting. Okay. Well, yes, we are sad to see Masahiro go from the Yankees. Happy to see him back in his hometown. Happy that he's not pitching against the Yankees um, for the time being. And who knows, there might be a one of those reunion tour reunions down the line. Oh, yeah. I would love for him to come back as like at the tail end of his career, maybe mm -hmm. like 34, 35, come back and just be a fifth starter. And just yeah. be like, hey, like, we are not really expecting much from you. We'd just like to get some consistency out of you. And hopefully we'll have a team good enough to win you a World Series ring. I know he really wants to win the ring. He really wants it. Oh, badly. yeah. Who doesn't? Poor guy. I'm just sad that we we couldn't do it for him. So, you know what? Hopefully he'll be back, um, you know, as kind of a, a last-ditch effort. We would love to see that. 
Absolutely. And I think just to wrap up spring training, I want to voice my frustration with Major League Baseball once again. Uh, They tried to push a plan onto the players union that would be 154 game season starting a month later. And it would include expanded playoffs and the universal DH and the players soundly rejected it. And fans were all saying, well, uh, this is actually a pretty reasonable deal. We should probably counter. No, no, we're not going to do that because I came across a thread from a labor lawyer who said, according to major league baseball, CBA, if the players counter offer, it starts the collective bargaining process. At that point, the owners can do whatever they want. They can delay the season. They can do anything. And that's what they want. They wanted to delay the season and they want Mm -hmm. expanded playoffs. So they don't have to spend money on their teams to get playoff revenue. We don't want expanded playoffs. We don't want them. They're trying to jam it down our throats and they're going to do it again next year in the actual CBA. They're going to jam expanded playoffs down our throats, holding the universal DH hostage. And it's just, it's frustrating because you look at a sport like the NBA and they have a commissioner who actually cares about the well-being of the game. And it would just be nice if baseball had that too. I would have to agree there. I definitely like the way that um, the NBA has done things too. And I've said this for years too. I was like, you know what? This is good. They've done a good job. They did a good job when they came back from the uh, coronavirus pandemic um, shut down earlier this past year or so. Yeah, and you have owners who, who actively care about the teams. It's not every team. Obviously, the Knicks are not one of those teams where the owner actively cares. Uh, but I mean, Mark Cuban is like the face of NBA ownership and he's sitting courtside every game and he's going crazy. Steve Ballmer, there's that famous gif of him going absolutely insane for the Clippers and it's just the owners care they want to do right by the players the players have so much faith in ownership and the commissioner's office to advance the game of basketball and there is just there is just no trust in major league baseball between the players and the owners and we are barreling barreling towards a strike yeah yeah you're right we talked about this before it seems to just be inevitable inevitable there will be a strike in 2022 i'm getting to the point where i'm just i'm expecting no season next year i just don't i just don't think there's going to be a season at all or it's going to be another like bullshit 60 game season and it's just it's very sad i just wish we cared about baseball i why can't we just care about baseball if we own baseball teams it makes no sense to me we've we've tried this discussion before but it doesn't seem that they're listening you know doesn't seem it okay uh whatever let's let's end on something positive uh i know that you are a huge fan of the bachelor have you been watching duh duh okay clint frazier says he has a source on one of the girls that is on the bachelor and i wanted to know if you had any idea who he might be talking about but i'm not gonna say i bet i know who it is because he's from georgia isn't he yes he is from georgia so it's gotta be rachel it's got to be Rachel. Yeah. It has to be Rachel. There's no other doubt in my mind because he's from Georgia. Yes. And so is is Rachel, is she a psychopath? Because from, from Clint's source, I, he seems to be In my eyes, let me tell you this. I was talking to my boyfriend about this last night because I make him watch it too. Just kidding. I don't make him watch it. He willingly watches this version of um, The Bachelor because, you know. I liked, the, I liked on the one where the guy jumped over the fence. That was fun. <laughs> Yes, I know. You keep talking about that. Every single time we bring up The Bachelor, you're like, yeah, that guy jumped over the fence once, didn't he? 
It was one of the funniest moments of television history. Um, yes, I agree. But yes, um, so Rachel, my first impression from her, and I told my boyfriend, I was like, yo, she's she's psycho. She's got the crazy eyes. Like night one, she was like crying over him. Like, oh my God, like basically what Claire did. I know you won't understand this, but. I've, um, I've heard a Claire referenced. I've yes. heard Claire referenced. And that's a bad thing. If somebody from The Bachelor makes it into my stratosphere, that's a bad thing. Yes. So I just want to say that um, I'm pretty sure it's got to be Rachel. It, there's just no other option. So everyone, if we're if we're guessing, it, it has to be Rachel. I'm going to respond to his tweet and I'm just going to be like, yeah, it's definitely Rachel. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> just for the record, the the source that Clint referenced texted him and said, yes. in in reference to we think Rachel. Yes. I've seen her go crazy and break into his apartment for not answering his phone. So that's like, that's something to watch. That might get me to watch the rest of The Bachelor just to see who is this person that's absolutely insane. I don't, I don't know why people haven't like, you know, figured this one out yet. Am I the first one to figure it out? Is everyone else just dumb? I don't know. I don't know. It's we pay we pay attention we play pay closer attention to the Yankees social media presences than most people I think I, a lot of people probably saw this and brushed it off we pay real close attention to their Twitters and their Instagrams and whatnot yeah we do <laughs> and we had Clint Sorry. Clint tweeting this gif when he found out that he was going to be the starting left fielder basically always he's just always he's always going strong you know what he's confident and before we were like hmm, clint maybe you should tone it down a little bit now we're like yeah give it off, to me king. give go it off. to me clint go off king getting 500 at bats and a gold glove this year let's go <laughs> uh, so yeah i mean that's all i got today yeah i don't really have a lot else uh just i mean around the league there was the nolan arenado trade which was so stupid for the rockies uh, I only bring it up because it's going to make people think that Trevor Story is an option for the Yankees. He's not. Get that out of your heads. We're not trading for Trevor Story. Glaber Torres is going to be the starting shortstop. Just accept it. Um, beyond that, Trevor Bauer still isn't signed. Uh, so I guess that's I guess that's down to the Mets and the Angels as of right now. And I think neither team is giving him the contract he wants. So I wouldn't, wouldn't be shocked if Trevor Bauer goes into spring training without somewhere to play. That's, I mean, that's all I can think of. That's all I got. Okay. Sorry. I was just doing hardcore research on his hometown versus Rachel's hometown. And it's, it's Rachel. It has to be Rachel. It's how, it how close are they? They're an hour away, but oh, they, still. Yeah, that's Rachel. That's Rachel. It's an hour away Rachel. is nothing. I went to I went to a Catholic high school. The closest friends that I had were like a half an hour drive. It's from all over Long Island. It was infuriating. Ugh. An yeah, hour no, is I'm, nothing. I am responding to this tweet right now. I said, bro, just tell us it's Rachel. <laughs> and you get Clint. Spill the tea, Clint. Ah, spill it. All right, sweet. Okay, good. Yes. All right, so we will we out. will wrap it up there then. Uh, nice quick podcast. Not a lot of Yankees news. We talked about some depressing stuff. We talked about some fun stuff. That's what you're going to get from us. A little bit yeah, of depression, a little bit of fun. The same old, same old. Same old, same old. We are two weeks, two weeks away from spring training. We are almost there. 
Uh, I can, I can feel the excitement growing. It, it always sneaks up on me every year because it's like, it's January, it's January, it's January. And then it's <gasps> two weeks from spring training. I'm like, all right, let's exactly. go. Exactly. So yeah, it's, uh, it's coming up real soon and I'm going to forget until the day of, and I'll be like, oh my God, it's the day. Today is the day. Yes. I cannot yeah. wait. I cannot wait to get back to full working. I cannot wait to just watch baseball all day. Just ignore any responsibility I have. It's just baseball 24 seven until November. Perfect. I love Perfect. it. Perfect. Uh, all right. So we will wrap it up there and we'll see y'all next week. Okay. Sounds good.